Welcome to Momentum Church. All right, everybody, it is good to see you all this morning here at Momentum. I'm Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I welcome you here today. Also, all those watching online, man, we are so glad wherever you are watching this that you're able to join virtually. I don't even want to feel virtually. I'm praying, and we here in the room, amen, we're praying that wherever you are, you feel and sense the power of the Holy Spirit right where you're at. Amen? Amen. Let's give God some praise in here this morning. Yeah. This is our, our last week in the Lame series, and as you've been looking the last few weeks, we've been looking at this idea of, really, to be honest, walking on our own two feet, being able to rise up and not be crippled, and there's a lot of things that can call us, cause us to become crippled in life. And we began this series in Galatians 5, verse 16, and we're going to end this series in the same verse. And so if you would, open up your Bibles to Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17, and we'll look at that here in a second. But as we began this series, I was telling you, the enemy of my heart. Do you realize we do have an enemy? Do, do you guys believe that? Some of the stuff we deal with is, is stuff that we create. It is. I mean, some of the stuff we deal with is our flesh. It's that we create. Some of the stuff we deal with is even psychosomatic. Amen? But some of the stuff we deal with is the enemy of our heart that would love to pull us down, draw us down, and cause us to be crippled. And I believe the enemy of our heart would love to cripple us and cripple our faith. Make it hard for us to believe God for the things that God desires to do in our lives. I believe the enemy of our heart is trying to cripple our identity. You know, how, how many's ever dealt with identity issues before? Yeah, oh yeah, well, every one of us. And the enemy of our heart would love to cause us to be lame, to cripple us in the area of who, knowing who we are in Jesus. Um, he would love to cripple relationships. We celebrated, my wife and I this week, 26 years of marriage. That's awesome, Yeah. And there's been times where she would have loved to have crippled me. You know what I mean? Just like, like no, no, no. But, but every, you guys do know that. Everything that's wrong in our marriage is my fault, right? Yes, yes. And men, when you get to realize that about your own marriage, that's the, the first step of healing is just to own that. It's, we're at fault. But the enemy would love to cripple relationships, not just marriage, but any kind of relationship. He, he's trying to cripple our culture right now in so many different ways. And, and he's trying to, will to cripple the church, you know? And, and here's what I love. I, next week, I'm going to get into this a little bit more. This whole thing that we're going through, this whole corona thing, right? We're going through a little thing, aren't we, right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Do you guys know the word corona means crown, right? And so I want to hit this a little bit next week, but, but I, I don't know. I just want to say right now that all the stuff that's surrounding Corona and how it's just causing such tensions, I have no king but Jesus. Amen? Yeah, yeah. I, I get the crown virus. I get this idea. I understand that. But you know what? It's not going to cripple us. The church is not going to be crippled by it. I have been so blessed to see Momentum Church. You all continue on faithfully, not just in attendance, but in serving and just so many different ways, helping the community during the season. And I'm just extremely proud of you guys for that. And I told you guys, I think the first week, I said, if the enemy is trying to cripple the church or if the enemy is trying to cripple us, I just want to declare... You've messed with the wrong people. You've messed with the wrong church. You get that kind of mindset for yourself. If the enemy's trying to take your legs out in your relationships, take your legs out in your finances, take your legs out in your health, take your legs out in whatever it might be, you get that mindset. You have messed with the wrong person. Amen? 
And that's not because we know exactly that we have this ability in ourselves. No, no. But we know exactly that we have the abilities that we need to have in Jesus to rise up on our own two feet and to do what we need to do, to take what God wants us to take, to walk in all that God wants us to have, and to rise up and walk after the Holy Spirit. Amen? So let's stand to our feet. I always do this when we begin to read Scripture each Sunday, just as a way of honoring God's Word. And as we look in Galatians chapter 5, this is the first verse we started with. We're going to finish with it. Walk by the Spirit. Everybody say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Yeah, and and that's a real key, because there is times physically, it's hard to walk. There's times physically where you do feel lame. I mean, there's times in my life where I didn't feel like I could walk. If it wasn't for some brothers coming along and helping me through, I, I don't know if I'd got through. Have you ever feel like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are times, but we don't walk by our flesh. We walk by the Spirit. And what's so beautiful about that is when we do that, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh, they're against the Spirit. And the desires you want flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. All right, so Jesus, we just ask that the next few minutes that you would help us be able to understand and see how our flesh desires to increase, how our flesh desires to rise up and to control. But Lord, we are people who can dominate that flesh. We are people through the person of the Holy Spirit that can lean into you and to have the fruit of the Spirit. We can lean into you and see, Lord God, your Spirit rise in us and cause us to run into everything that you have for us, not to be lamed by our flesh, but to run because of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and have your seats. As we see this, walk by the Spirit, and you don't gratify the desires of the flesh. Has anyone ever had a problem with your flesh rising up? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, we don't want to make excuses for that, okay? When I say flesh, okay, pastor, what do you mean by that? The carnal side of our nature. And you're kind of a dichotomous being. I mean, when you become a believer, you know you are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. I mean, you're saved to the uttermost. I mean, Jesus, when he looks at you, he looks at you as clean, holy before God, not because of anything you've done, but because of the blood of Jesus that is applied to your sin. It covers you. You are being saved. Every day you're progressing and growing. Thank God I'm not who I was a few years ago, and I pray I won't be who I will be in a few years from now. Amen? Around here we call that more today than yesterday. I just want a little bit more of God today than yesterday. I just want to walk in a little bit more today. I want to grow a little more today than yesterday. That's kind of our our discipleship mantra around here as we develop and grow. And so this thing, when we look at our lives, this flesh that wants to rise up, that's the second side of our nature, that carnality we deal with. And someday we will be saved. Someday mortality will take upon itself immortality. And that's cool because you're like, oh, okay, I get to live eternal. That's awesome. But even better than that, corruptibility will put upon itself incorruptibility. That that, that part of you, that flesh that rises up, that is hard to control, that flesh that increases, that sometimes keeps you from walking after the Spirit, there'll come a day when that'll be done. But guess when that day is? Heaven. All right. Until that time, you're always going to be dealing with excess flesh and trying to limit that excess flesh in your life, right? And so flesh or excess flesh, I want to call that today something. Um, Last week, Pastor Brantley talked to us about spiritual infancy. 
And sometimes people are lame as babies, you know, because they stay as a baby and a baby doesn't walk yet. Okay, so if we as spiritual, if we're spiritual and we stay as a baby, we don't walk because we just haven't got to that place of maturity yet. Today I want to talk about spiritual obesity. We're dealing with so much extra flesh. All right, Because sometimes we can become lame because we're dealing with so much extra flesh. And part of the reason why, it's not because you can't walk, it's because you won't walk. Amen? How many is going to still love pastor when the day's over? Amen? All right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I want to look at today is just this idea of excess flesh. And I know I'm realizing that I'm getting some victory over some areas of my flesh that I have wanted victory in, in for years. And just the last couple of years, I'm seeing a victory that I'm having in my flesh. And part of that is this idea that I feel like I need to not be, I hate to say the word disrespected, but I don't like to feel demeaned. How many how many's with, with me on that? Anybody? You, I, I hate to feel belittled or demeaned. I, I, I almost feel like if it's an injustice, I need to rise up and speak against it right in that moment. And that can be somebody cutting me off in a line, you know, just standing. Like, it was, as I was a young man, it was ridiculous. And my wife would be like grabbing my arm, like, stay calm, stay cool. Jesus is in your heart, you know. And this week, I told Amy, I said, I'm getting victory over flesh, you know? I really am, because I was at my, a bike shop, motorcycle shop, and I bought some oil for my bike, and I, I'm getting ready to pull back out onto Bell's Ferry, and there's a light. The light's not far. The light's right there. It's right there, and cars are backing up at the red light. They're just backing up, you know? And pretty soon, they're going to come past me, and I'm not going to be able to get out here. But I'm polite, when I see that situation, I slow down. I let people come in. For, you know what I mean? Because Jesus is in my heart. So <laughs> I'm waiting for a gap, and there's no gap. And then all of a sudden, I look, and there's a, there's a little bit of a gap for me. And the guy's having to slow down because it's a red light. So I go ahead, and I come out, right? Not thinking nothing of it. We go down the road a little bit. I'm at another light. I've changed lanes now. I'm on this side of the road, on this side of the lane. And the, my windows are down, and a guy comes up beside me, and he calls me a name. I will not repeat this name, okay? <laughs> but he calls me a name. <laughs> it was a good one. It was creative. And um, so he calls me, and, and he's like, you cut me off. And he does this. And I'm like, you're racing to a red light. You know? And I did, and technically I cut him off. I really, I mean, I, I did. But he's racing to a red light, right? So I go, you're racing to a red light. And he goes, because I went, and so then I go, and then he goes, and now I feel it's humorous. So I'm like, <laughs> with a smile, <laughs> which looks cocky and condescending, I'm sure. I, in the moment I didn't think about it, as I reflected, I thought, what a jerk I was to, you don't do that, right? So... <laughs> So the millennial, he drives off. Not that millennials have issues, because I've had issues like this with any, any boomers, anybody, right? So, but all I'm saying, the young man drives off, and, and I'm just like, okay, good. I, I didn't say anything. I didn't, I just, other than this, you know, my hands, fingers were together. <laughs> my flesh was in control. I get up to the next light, and, and the guy, I can see him in my mirror, and I'm like, what's he doing? What's going on? He's pacing, and I didn't realize it. My windows are down, and he has a big thing of water and ice. And when he gets to my car window, whoa, the thing hits. Water gets me. Ice goes. I swear. I mean, it was just a fiasco. And in the moment, 
I swear I went, wow, that was creative. Like, in the moment, I'm just like, that, well, I want to run and chase this guy down. And a few years ago, Pastor would have. I don't know why I would have, uh, that flesh would have risen up to that point. I would have had to have got him cornered. Nothing would have happened physically, but I would have let him know really well that you're a bad man. Wah, wah. It doesn't sound like a baby. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can see his point. You know, I, I cut up. So he was having a bad day. So I ended up getting home, and I told Amy, I'm like, baby, guess what? I didn't chase a guy down and get ugly with him. Like, I didn't say nothing. I just smiled. I, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't. And so we celebrated together my victory, Amy and I. You know, she was just like. Because she's, she's been with me before when things have happened. And, and again, you guys know you're a pastor. I have no problem for a man being a man and taking care of his family and protecting his wife. And if you got to bow up, y'all bow up. In Jesus' name. No. But this wasn't one of those situations. This was just my ego. This was just my pride. This was just my flesh that really wanted to be gratified. And in that moment, it felt so good just to give him a piece of my mind. But you know what? I didn't want to feed that guy anymore. God's been healing my heart of feeling like, like how dare you give me an injustice? How dare you disrespect me? How, do you know I'm good to people all the time and this is how you're gonna treat me? And so one little injustice, I'm gonna rise up and be up? No, that's not what Jesus would have for me. That's me becoming spiritually obese. It's me allowing flesh to get to a point that it lames me. It keeps me from walking after the Spirit. It keeps me from really doing what God would have me to do in that moment to represent him. I did have Jesus bumper stickers on my truck. I didn't have Jesus. I had my, my, my arrow. I have our church arrow on there, you know. And so, I, you know, I mean, in that moment, I didn't think about it. But later I thought, well, that, that's probably wise that I didn't get upset. I do. If you get upset all the time, please don't put a momentum sticker on your car. Don't just, just don't, okay? Just don't. <laughs> but that's an area I'm getting victory. Now, one area a lot of us aren't getting victory during COVID is the area of health, right? COVID, how many, I know the COVID-15, man, it hit me. Yes, it did. I mean, that, that excess flesh. It's just, you stop walking and the decisions that got you where you're going, and next thing you know, flesh starts to get added to you quickly in the physical realm, doesn't it? Anybody, anybody struggle at all with it? This, yes, I, I know I did. I know I did. And so that, that thing, thing of obesity, it's, it's serious business. And, and I can come to you guys, obesity means. I was obese, you know my story. I was 300 pounds last year, okay? So I know what obesity means. I was obese for 15 years and, and still on my way to greater health. But at 300 pounds, I can say I was obese. And, and I'm not looking down on anybody that's obese because I was obese for a decade and a half. What I'm saying is there's some similarities to my physical obesity that really tie into my spiritual obesity. And I don't want us to miss that because I feel it's easy to become physically lame or at least not have the legs up under you like you desire in the physical realm when you are obese like I was. Same way when it comes to letting excess flesh overtake us spiritually. Spiritual excess flesh, our flesh, our carnal nature, that it gets to that point and that, that, that you're not running anymore, that it gets to that point you're not, you're not being as active spiritually anymore, you know? Or you let the flesh rise up and act out more than your spirit man rise up. Let me give you a definition of obesity. It's a complex disease involving an excessive amount of body fat. Everybody say flesh. 
flesh, okay? Obesity isn't just a cosmetic concern. It is a medical problem that increases your risk, say risk, of other diseases and health problems. This is why this idea of being lame because of excess spiritual flesh is so bad because it's flesh, it's excess flesh that we're dealing with, and it can get us to a point that our spiritual legs don't walk like they're supposed to walk. Our spiritual heart doesn't pump like it's supposed to pump. Our our life force, who we are in our world, is diminished and limited spiritually because we'll allow our flesh to rise up or we'll feed our flesh excessively while starving our spirit and we wonder why we have the fruit of flesh more than the fruit of the spirit evident in our lives. And and I just want to ask that the Holy Spirit right now will begin to speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us individually. Is there areas of flesh in our life that we're allowing to rise up, okay? Whatever it might be. Is there things in our life that we're feeding that our spiritual man is becoming lame? We're we're sowing salt. We're not running like we need to run. We're not experiencing what God has for us because we're sowing so much into the flesh, Now, here's what Philippians 3 says. Let's look at this verse, verse 17 through 19. Brothers, join in imitating me. This is what Paul says to the church at Philippi. Imitate me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you, and now I tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. There are those who are walking as enemies of the cross, gratifying flesh, and there are those who are walking after the Spirit. And Paul's saying, watch us. Watch the ones who are walking after the Spirit. When it comes to like physical things, there's people I watch that help me to become better physically. How many know that spiritually, Pastor Brantley was dealing with this last week, with babies and how they imitate their parents, it's the same way. Find some people in your life that help you sow into the spirit. And if you can't find some people in your life that help you sow in the spirit and your circle is always helping you to sow in the flesh and life isn't what you're wanting, guess what? Shift. Switch up. Go do something else. All right? I mean, like, like, like if I was going to say it from a physical standpoint, you're not going to get healthy at McDonald's. You'll probably more likely get healthy at power at, at Planet Fitness. Right? It's a different set, a different environment, a different group of people, a different motivation, a different, a different, every, a different spirit. Right? It's focused on the spirit. It's focused on what God's doing. Now that's physical, but spiritually, the same thing plays out. Watch this, verse 18. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Do you catch that? This isn't talking about spiritual or physical gluttony. This is not talking about spiritual overeating. This is not even talking about, I'm sorry, this is not talking about physical overeating. It's not talking about physical obesity. This is talking about being those who are God is our belly. What does that mean? It's not talking about food. When it says their God is their belly, it's those who want immediate gratification. It's those who want instant satisfaction. If in our life, we allow our flesh to always be the thing that controls us, it's kind of like our belly that we can't get to shut up is what it's saying. How many bellies don't shut up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's always telling us, get some more. Get this. Get this quick. Eat, fix, eat this. Fill up with this. And usually the stuff's not always so great, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same way spiritually. Their God is their belly. What drives them 
is those immediate needs, those immediate about food. There are quick fixes in our culture. It may be alcohol for courage. It may be drugs for peace. It may be pornography for um, 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 an endorphin rush. It may be food. Pastor, I mean, I went to food. That was why I was 300 pounds, because it was the acceptable out for me. It was. I'm stressed. I went to food. No different than somebody going to porn. I went to pancakes, not porn. And people were like, well, I'm so glad. Well, yeah, you're glad. My wife wasn't because it was still hurting our family. Does that make sense? That excess flesh was still hurting us. And at some, I'm almost 50. I'm 40, I'll be 48 this year. You know, I wouldn't make it to 55 if I would have stayed that point. You know, it would have still hurt us. All I'm saying is whatever that quick fix is, that instant gratification is, and it might be, it may be the escalation of anger. Do you, do you know when you have anger rise up and you release it, you blow off, endorphins get released and it's like, oh, and then it takes more the next time for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's your body can become addicted to that endorphin drop from the, from the rage, Addicted to rage, you know? So I don't know what your thing is. All I'm saying is, look at it like spiritual obesity. Look at it like spiritually gratifying this flesh that you have that is growing stronger and taking control over the spirit that God wants you to have in submission to his Holy Spirit. All right? So with obesity being a medical problem that increases your risk of other diseases and health problems, when we don't deal with that excess flesh, guess what? Spiritually, the same way, excess spiritual flesh starts to affect all areas of our lives. So for me, let's talk physical. For me, physically, last year, it was getting to the point, you know, I was a real motorcycle guy up, in, up until my early 30s, dirt bikes and stuff like that, you know, 175, 185 pounds, you know, just into soccer, all that good stuff. Had a really bad crash at 29, went way up into weight, you know. Um, got myself a little bit healthy, had a really bad um, soccer injury at 31, went 185 to like 230 pounds, just way up into weight, and just kept climbing and climbing. And then never stopped. So physically, watch this, my joints last year, when I was going down to my office, I would go down to my office, which is in the basement of the church, and I would go in the morning. I ain't coming back up them steps. 47 years old, and I'm not coming back up them steps. Or 46 at the time. But that's how it was. My joints, my knee from the two knee surgeries, from, or three knee surgeries from sports injuries, it hurt. And to go up the steps was So I would make my Keurig coffee downstairs rather than come up and have cafe, you know, with the, theme, with the church, with the staff. You know, they're up here getting the coffee out of the cafe. And I'm downstairs by myself. Why? It's limiting me, right? So joints, joints, joints. My joints were hurting. I'm just saying that. In Scripture, joints will speak to relationships, that we're jointed together, you know, and I got to thinking about that. When it comes to spiritual obesity, so often when we gratify ourselves, whatever that looks like, it's, it's my way, my will, my, 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 it will lead us to having poor relationships. If, if we walk after the flesh, I guarantee you, your marriage will not be as good as if you'll walk after the Spirit. Amen? If you walk after the flesh, I guarantee you, when it comes to your relationship with friendship, it will not be as good as if you were to walk after the things of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so joints physically can be affected. Relationships speak. Lack of spiritually, your heart 
can be affected by obesity, right? Man, spiritually, lack of spiritual energy, lack of spiritual drive, lack of spiritual endurance. Oh, I do good on Sunday morning. I get to Sunday morning, man. Worship's going. Woo, man, singing's happening. This is awesome. Maduka just sang up a storm this morning. I'm ready to take on the world, you know? And I'm air drumming in the car on the way home, you know, like, like brand. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do, I can do like Brandon. And, I, and I'm just like, I'm ready, you know. But then Monday hits and Tuesday hits and you're done. Endurance. You've, you've, you, a hit isn't going to be enough on Sunday morning, you know. It, the endurance isn't there because we've been sowing to flesh so long. Spiritual obesity will keep you from being able to get from Sunday to Sunday. Does that make sense? Physical limitations of all sorts when it comes to physical obesity, physical limitations. Well, I believe there's spiritual limitations when it comes to spiritual obesity. You know, the Bible says things like this. They that, that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. Listen, a year and a half ago, this boy was not running and not growing weary. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was growing some weary, you know, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but he says you'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. I love that, you know? It's, it's just that idea of, of, of running the race that's set before us. You know, we can't do that if we're allowing ourselves to stay spiritually obese. There's spiritual limitations that happen, but God doesn't want us to have any limitations. Do you know why? Because you are dual, dual citizens. I, I said already there's a dichotomy between your flesh and your spirit. There's also a dichotomy between your citizenship of the earth and heaven. All right? There's a dichotomy there. And this Philippians passage that we're looking at, I'm just kind of bouncing around that Philippians third, the three passage. Verse 20 through 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven. From it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. And again, I don't think this is just speaking of physical things. I think there's spiritual things at play here. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Everybody shout power. That didn't sound very powerful. Everybody shout power. power. Yeah, that's better. That was better. And so this idea of receiving power, strength, ability, all these things, when we start to realize who we are in the citizenship of heaven, when we start to feed our spirit man, not our flesh man, all those things are important. And as we come out of this lame series, I'm going to take the next three days, we're going to start a series, really help you understand the power that you have. Is that okay? Next Sunday, we're going to start a series that we're calling Flex. All right? And between now and then, I'm going to try to get my flex going. It's probably not going to happen that fast. But flex, and we're going to be looking at exercising our faith and moving in the authority and the power that God has his people to possess. Amen? How many would like to listen the next few weeks at subjects like, like healing? What's that look like? Yeah. like? Like being able to speak life in the midst of death. What does it look like to speak prophetically? What's it look like to move in the power and the authority of, of God? What's it look like? Not to flex, not weird flex. But to flex for real, you know, that, that idea of moving in faith. What's that look like? And I believe that's kind of the nice progression out of this lame series. Okay, so we got our legs up on earth. Now what? Man, I want to tell you what. The next three weeks, I want to be able to pour into you what we need to be as a, as a, not as a church in the house, but what we need to be wherever we go. Moving with that power and authority that God has for us. Amen? I don't want to get too much into it today. But 
that's what we're going to be pressing into. And so today, though, what we're doing is we're pressing into this subject of spiritual obesity. And, and I think when it comes to this idea of being limited by excess flesh, it captivates our attention. It just does. You know, I mean, the TV shows will show you that. You know, you have extreme um, weight loss. You have Biggest Loser for like 15, 16 seasons. You know, you have My 600-Pound Life. And, and the thing about those shows, they, they touch your heart because you realize they can't hardly walk, let alone run. These are people that have allowed physical excess flesh to take their lives from them. They live lives limited by excess flesh. And we can look at those shows and say, oh, it breaks our heart. And I'm so thankful that there's people trying to help people. But spiritually, I look at the church so often and say, oh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see people lame. It breaks my heart to see people who are dealing with excess spiritual obesity because not that they can't walk, but because they won't walk. That they won't take the steps that it takes necessary to feed the spirit man instead of the flesh man. And I say this like Paul. Let's look at Philippians 3 verse 12. Again, we're just working our way into the scripture. Not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect. I'm not. Both physically and spiritually, pastor is not attained yet. Physically, I'm on my way. You know what's crazy? Spiritually, man, I've been really serving the Lord since I was about 18, 19 years old, you know? And pastoring almost just as long, you know? And so almost, I think it was 28 years in March when I started pastoring, which is just crazy, you know? But man, there's still so much growth. I hate it. <laughs> you ever feel that way? It's like, Lord, I'm still dealing with some stuff. Why? Why? It's because I'm human. It's because we're in this world. We're still dealing with some stuff. Every single one of us. I haven't already obtained. I'm not perfect. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That There's the reason. It's, it's not that we press on to say, hey, look at me. Right? No, no. It's, it's, I press on because it's, hey, look at him. And Jesus is waiting for his body to be concerned about spiritual excess flesh and deal with their own spiritual obesity so that he can be seen in the earth. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. I strain forward to what lies ahead. That sounds like what it takes to get healthy, doesn't it? I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained." God has something for us to press toward. He's got experiences for us in the heavenlies. I want you to understand what it looks like to be able to move in the unction of the Holy Spirit and speak words of life that come from him, not out of your own, but know how it looks to speak words of life wherever you go and to have that adventure, if you will, in the Spirit. But if we have so much excess flesh that we can't hear the things of the Spirit, we will miss it all. The enemy will lame us, if you will. And I'll just say it this way. You'll never experience the adventures Jesus has for you if you're satisfied staying spiritually obese. I, I say this often. I'll say it's not about the weight you lose. It's about the life you gain. I hate the numbers on the scale. Even for myself, I hate those numbers, right? Because it's not about that. It's about the life 
you gain. It's the same way spiritually. It's the same thing with adventure. It's the same thing with what God's going to do in and through you. Last year, Amy and I, we had a goal for our health. It was Adelie's wedding. It was marked to Adelie's wedding. But what was better than that, looking good in our family photos, which we did, Other than that, it was more important that two weeks after that family, that wedding, Adelie and Zach, we had them watch our kids. And Amy and I went on an 85-mile hike on the Appalachia Trail. We got to summit. We, we went 40 miles in three days. I've never climbed. And it was from Fontana Dam to Cleanlands Dome, the highest point on the AT. I could have done that the year before that. And we literally, that day, Amy and I, I mean, it was a long, that last day was like 14 miles, that last day, going up to Cleveland's Dome, and then we went past to a, a campsite that night, uh, um, uh, you know, on the trail camp place. We're going up this ramp to the observatory on Cleveland's Dome, and we stopped, and Amy and I are looking at each other, and our eyes are welling up with tears. Because a year before that, we couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done that. She probably could have. I couldn't have done that. And we just were just blown away by the life we had gained, if that makes sense. Amen? We had taken a giant step past our physical limitations that had lamed us, and that's physical. I want the church, us as believers, to take a giant step past the spiritual limitations that lame us because of spiritual obesity. Amen? It's, It's the adventures that God's calling us into that's so exciting. Let me read you one more passage here. Ephesians 4. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. So these are those that would just feed themselves the fleshly things spiritually, not spiritual things. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned Christ. Verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught him as the truth in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Here's what's wild as we're looking at this, speaking of of maturity, as we're looking at this, speaking of, of, of this new likeness that is of God that's created through his true righteousness and true holiness, when we allow flesh to rise up so much in our life, and that's where our focus is, our belly, if you will, our immediate gratification, you know what? My wife said that to me, and I'm gonna tell her, I'm gonna set that woman straight. It's gonna feel good in the moment, right? But is it something that is an immediate gratification that's feeding the flesh? It's not something to work. God, show me the brokenness in my wife, and why is it that this is happening right now? And Lord, would you allow me to be a ministering vessel to my wife? Would you pour in and through me your Holy Spirit to minister to my wife in the midst of, you know, like that, that sounds a whole lot much like, like your spirit man is being developed instead of your flesh man being gratified. Do you see, you see the difference there? But what happens is we start to lose judgment and we start calling what's holy evil and what's evil good. That's, that's what happens when we allow flesh to start to reign. Do you know that? The things that, well, but, but this is right. This is the way I perceive. No, I don't want what I want. I, I want to, Lord, help me to understand true righteousness and true holiness. What is right and what is separate. Holiness means separate. So God, what's right? Right now my flesh is trying to overtake. So help me separate this. Let me have holiness here. 
Help me separate my emotions, my thoughts, my feelings, and walk after the image of Christ, how he would pertain to this, how he would deal with this. Help me here, Lord. But we start to lose that judgment when we're feeding the flesh all the time. And our judgment becomes impaired. And we start calling what's holy evil and what's evil good. Can I give you an example from a physical standpoint? McDonald's. All right? You get to a point that when you're pressing into the things of the flesh, if you will, physically, and you're moving towards spiritual obesity, that McDonald's seems like a good choice. That's a great choice. It's so hard not, will I get sued if I say that? I don't know. It's not a good choice, you know, at least the majority of the menu, right? And so then your mind's like, you know, I'm going to try to get healthier. I'm going to eat fish. So I'm going to go to Captain D's. That's a good that's a good choice. I don't know. There's some things on the menu, but usually when you're struggling, those aren't the things you, you order, right? <laughs> so that's kind of how it starts. You're focused on the flesh so much, and your belly, your spiritual desires start to gratify. You start to go off fleshly desires, and they begin to be easily gratified by your wishes, your wants, your things, those things in those moments. And then what ends up happening, though, if you push that away and you keep moving toward McDonald's and Captain D's, physically, you start to get more sedentary, don't you? Guess what? Spiritually, the same way. You stop moving in the things of the Holy Spirit. You start to become spiritually sedentary. You're not moving forward. You grow sedentary. And it's not something that happens quickly. And after some time, you realize you just aren't who you once were. And, and I can remember that. I can remember that years ago, being a big guy, and we're down at Stone Mountain, and they have the rock climbing wall, and you go up and ding the bell, and if you ding the bell, you win. I can't remember what you win. And, and um, Auburn, she was about 12, and she went up and dinged the bell. She's the first one all day long to ding the bell, you know? And, um, and then I went up, and I got within about three feet of that bell, which when I came down, the two guys in line looked at me like, and I go, yeah, you're not, you've seen a fat man climb, are you, you know? Because uh, I could still climb at that point, you know? But guess what? Over time, that was lost. Over time, that strength was diminished. Over time, it led me to becoming somebody I wasn't. And I did what I once was. I stopped being able to do what I once could do. And it's the same way spiritually. Over time, you stop being who you once were. The, the Bible calls that losing your first love, you know? That close relationship you have with Jesus when you first start out. And so you stop being who you once were, and you just can't do what you once did. And old things start to come back, and flesh starts to be able to control instead of the spirit. And, and it's just one of those things that's tied to spiritual obesity. And the enemy would love to lame us because of that. But God wants us to walk. Everybody say walk. Yeah, we can. We can move forward. So what's the fix? Last verse, Ephesians 4. We'll go back to it. Right at the end of that passage, verse 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so we can see the fix is two things. One, it's putting off, and two, it's putting on. So one, the fix for spiritual obesity is to put off the old self. What is that? That's repentance. That's repentance. The old man still rises up. God, forgive me for that. Help me to break that stronghold in my life, that thing that wants to rise up, that thing that wants me to feed it, that causes it to become even stronger. 
help me. And repentance, the Greek word is metanoe, and it means a 180 degree change. It's not just, I'm sorry. No, it's, I'm sorry, and it's a change in direction and walk. Is that neat? Metanoe, it's movement. It's, it's movement in an opposite direction. Metanoe isn't just, well, I feel really bad. It's not repentance that way. No, it's movement in an opposite direction. If I walk after the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see how that works? Metanoe. Ever say metanoe? That's a fun word. So repentance is a change in course. When it came to physical things for myself last year, I had to have a change in course. I had to have a repentance, if you will. Uh, a met no way. Uh, God, I can't keep going like this, and I need to shift. And I did. Same way when it comes to spiritual things. Are you walking in the direction of the Spirit, or are you allowing your belly, your spiritual belly, to instantly be gratified, to find that quick satisfaction? And if that's the case, it will lead to spiritual obesity. If we turn and we go the other way, we are literally putting off the old self. And I don't know about y'all, that doesn't happen one time. That's like an every day, I'm putting off the old self, putting off the old self. Second thing, put on the new self. It says here that we put on the new self. What is that, Pastor? Get into action. So if I'm, it's not enough that I just put off stuff. I don't want to do that no more. No, no, no. I'm going to turn and now I'm going to put on the new self. I'm going to put on the things of Christ. I'm going to take steps forward in my faith. I'm going to take steps forward in my growth. And so I'm getting into action. And can I say it this way? This is true physically as it is spiritually. Imperfect action will get you closer to your goals than perfect inaction. I'm going to read my Bible every day. Oh, crud, it's Wednesday and I haven't read in three days. That's all right. Read it today. Imperfect action will get you closer to your goals than imperfect inaction. Well, I'm just, I'm just not going to try. No, do something. Get, be, be in action. Get into action. Pastor, what do I get into action in? Be active in his word. I do believe reading this every day, it will begin to change who you are. This is what we nourish ourselves spiritually, and it feeds the spirit. It doesn't feed the flesh. Amen? We can be active in prayer. And there's something about communing. With the Holy Spirit, with God, as you pray, man, his spirit is right there. And you become like those you fellowship with, right? We want to become more like Jesus? Let's fellowship with them. We fellowship with them through his word, but we also fellowship with them through prayer. We're going to talk a lot about this in the next three weeks, okay? And so the other thing with it is, that's great. That's intake. The word is coming in. Receiving from prayer, his presence, that's coming in. But intake more than outgo, will result in an obese believer. Same way as physical, right? You take in more than you put out, you're going to end up being obese, right? And so Scripture says it's not just about being believers, but we're supposed to be doers of the Word. So I want us to be active in the Word. I want us to be active in prayer, but be active in service as well. Jesus, his church, is called his body, all right? Jesus' body is not an invalid. Jesus' body is not held up in a house that can't move. Jesus' body, does that make sense? Spiritually. If we're his body, man, we should be strong and vibrant and moving in the things of the spirit. And if we're not, then we submit ourselves to him so that we can become that. Amen? And part of that is being active in service. And so with, I'll just, I'll just be really honest. When it comes to August coming, I'm nervous with the church. Can I be really honest with you guys? I'm nervous. Um, 
And here's the reason why, is because our kids' ministry, you know, it's, it's July. We always dip a little bit in July, even with COVID. My concern is we'll have enough room in here, but we won't have enough room to keep our social distance that we're doing um, in the building with our kids. Because if you're looking on students, they're socially distanced as well. But you have to have so many volunteers to be able to man that, to do that well. And some Sundays, our two services, almost every seat in here is full. So I'll just say it. How do we continue to grow and stay socially distant? How do we continue to serve people that want to be in the house of God and stay socially distant? We add a third service is how. We don't need to do that right now, and we may not have to do that ever in the next few months. But if we do, right now we need more children's ministry type people. You know, We've got great teams, but we're really honoring those at home, and we want you to stay home. If that's where you want to be, we honor you in that decision. But that's a lot of our volunteers as well. You know, So I'm just challenging us, especially during COVID. We all want to make a difference in COVID. I know we do. We, we help with finances. People wear their masks in public. We're all trying to help to make a difference with this whole COVID situation. Man, I want us to make a difference in the house of God with it too. Does that make sense? And we have a real opportunity to serve people well, still stay socially distant, as distant as people want on campus, but be able to effectively minister to people. And so um, obviously we do background checks with everybody that serves with kids. We're extremely careful with all that. Nobody serves alone. Everybody has two people or more in a room um, um, with children, and we're just very careful with all that. So I'm just saying that's an area of need at the church as we go forward if if. If, it's, if, this, if two services isn't enough to keep socially distant and we have to go to third, we're going to need some serious help. You know, even with two, we could still use some help. Amen? So, but that's just one area. And, you know, when it comes to serving, just living a life of service. I think that keeps us spiritually healthy. It keeps us from becoming spiritually obese. Amen? And so next week, we're going to jump into some action stuff. Okay, so if we're going to move forward then and be the church, the body of Christ, like he wants us to be in our homes and our communities, what does that look like? And so next week, we'll start this new series called Flex. What I'd like for you to do is to reacquaint yourself with the power of God, amen, through Scripture. And I would love for you today to read Acts chapter 1, all right? And between now and next week, when we get together, read a chapter a day. So just the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, I would like for you to just reacquaint yourself with that. I know we read a little bit of that a few months ago, but the reason why I want us to do that is just because it's going to show you what's possible. Jesus' church is still the same church today. Amen? He's just waiting on us to get lean and mean, baby. He's just waiting on us to flex. That's all. He's just waiting on us to deal with the, the flesh in our lives and to move into the things of the Spirit and to learn what that looks like to see his power evident in our homes and in our communities. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for speaking to our hearts and encouraging and challenging us, Lord, to move forward after you. And we ask, Lord, that our flesh would be submitted to you and that our spirit, man, would rise up and to become strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.